Okay, any comments on the practice on this third contemplation? Being sensitive to the whole body while breathing in and breathing out, or in particular, uh, adding another dimension to the breath as we notice the sides and the back. Has any of that helped with doing, let's say, the up and down, the journey? Does that help anyone? Does no response mean it hasn't? just inquiring, investigating. I think in my case that it, I found particularly in like riding the subway to work or in walking um, that when I looked more closely, it's very easy in those circumstances to fall into a kind of automatic pilot. And when I was looking at either the right or the left or the back, the fact that I was trying to look more closely helped me to be more focused. Yeah, uh, it puts a little bit more, uh, you have to work slightly harder. But be careful there, because in daily life, you know, riding the subway, you know, that's different. Um, You can't hold yourself to quite that precision. Um, If you try, you can, what you can do is really uh, defeat the whole purpose. Uh, of the sutra, because remember, it's not the breath is in the service of general mindfulness. It's not to become so obsessed with the breath that we bump into walls or don't carry out our job. That is, it's to help us be more sensitive, more alert, more awake, and for our actions to be more appropriate. And if the breath doesn't help you that way, that is, being in touch with the breath while, let's say, in action. Uh, of course, I think you'd have to try it for a while to find out if it does. Uh, then don't use it. The, the main thing is the mindfulness. All the techniques are for that. If you, those of you who've done mental notes, it's the same thing. Or if you use Budo, there are many other techniques as well. The crucial thing is being awake in the moment, and if the breath helps you with that, great. But if you become so concerned with the breath that you lose sense of what, uh, especially when we're out in the world, sense of what uh, is happening or what's appropriate, then that's uh, a little bit off. But in situations like the tea, etc., you can sometimes go very, very deeply. You know, you can work the way you were working.
Could, can I stay with that for them for a moment? What I need to what I need to know is uh, that's a, a general the general direction that the practice goes in, no matter what the technique. Uh, was the breath of any help in accomplishing this? I see. Okay. In this third contemplation, will be uh, in an explicit way deepening exactly that. The other thing that happened was listening to a symphony concert. Um, I listened as I've never, I heard music I, in a way I've never heard it before, so my whole body heard it. And it was, it was, it was just extraordinary. I mean, it was unbelievable. I felt like crying again was uh, you were you practicing anapana while listening to the music yes, and I, was, I was aware of that and it was again it was like my legs heard the music like every I understand my body heard the music um, in a way in which I never it never happened before like, like the breath turned my body into something different I don't know how to describe that uh, well that's part of what we're finding out uh, what was suggested last week is that, um, well, the breath is uh, is life. That is, literally, what we're contemplating when we contemplate the breath is we're contemplating life. That is, if the, if the, if the breath doesn't come in, the body doesn't live. And there's no basis for the mind to continue in this present form. So we're getting at so it's a, obviously a very very fundamental process that we're paying attention to. So it has the power; it affects the body in a very dramatic way, in terms of the overall health, energy, calmness, etc. And all Indian yogas, without exception, uh, have, ex- uh, have put in a lot of care and attention studying the breath in different ways. And this is uh, is in a sense Buddhist pranayama. Uh, and it's done by, in the first four, the first four contemplations have to do with contemplating the breath in the body. And so what you're going to see is that the, the breath conditions the body. That is, if you have a coarse breath or a rough breath, it's going to condition the quality of the body. If you have a very deep, fine, peaceful breath, it's going to condition the quality of the body. Now, quality can mean the stability, peace, overall health of the physical body. And of course, the original way in which the breath conditions the body is that it conditions it to be alive. That is, because we breathe, we have, we're able to be alive, the body is able to have life. Uh, it's a little bit like this. Let's say you take some, some drinks of alcohol. Probably everyone in this room knows that it has an effect. I mean, I don't know, maybe there's someone here who's never been drunk. But perhaps many of us have been drunk. And so, you know, if you put this substance in, 
it has the substance entering into the system has an impact, which is quite obvious, right? The mind is different, the body is different. It seems like a lot of things are different, sometimes dramatically so. What we don't understand is that every substance that we put in has an impact. Every food that we eat has an impact. Everything that we drink has an impact, perhaps not as dramatic or as obvious as alcohol. Now, the breath is a very subtle substance. It's a form of food. It's more subtle than thought, which is another form of food. can be seen that way. If you're having lots of uh, certain kinds of thoughts, you're conditioning the body a certain way. Lots of negative thoughts, doubting thoughts. That's affecting the body. Now, the breath is even more subtle. It nurtures the body. It nourishes it. It sustains it. Okay, now that, uh, we overlook that, as you know, probably many of you know, many people are, uh, are not interested in following the breath. It doesn't seem to have enough of a story to it. Okay, but what this uh, whole first three or four contemplations is attempting to do is to resurrect uh, the power of nature that we are an expression of. And it's trying to resurrect the sense of what the breath is that it has tremendous possibilities for the way in which we care for ourselves. Now, we're only, this is the, remember, the first four contemplations, we're only on the first three, but the first four all have to do with uh, kayanupasana, that is the contemplation of the body. Later on, of course, we'll see that the breath influences feelings and the mind directly and so forth. So it's, it's just a powerful conditioner of life, period. But for right now, we're emphasizing the body, and that's central, fundamental. So that just as, let's say, if you, it's easy to tell that alcohol, uh, when introduced into the system, has an impact, but not so obvious when we eat different foods, which also affect whether the mind is alert or dull or agitated or smooth or sleepy or high energy, etc., as well as the body. Uh, we, don't, we don't have that sensitivity for the breath. In fact, the breath often, we don't even think of it at all unless we get sick or we get the wind knocked out of us. If a person has asthma, they're likely to be a lot more sensitive to what I'm talking about. They really can hear this. But most of us, are uh, we take it for granted. In other words, we're hanging by the breath, and so we, we assume that, and then we move on to much more exciting things. Well, this is bringing us back to another level of, uh, of, uh, of our foundation, and it's beginning to say, well, just what, we're learning how to become expert. Just what does the breath do? Now, we know it keeps us alive. And now it's working out more subtle influences that the breath has on the body. Yeah. yeah I guess it's, maybe it's a matter of perspective. Um, I, I, I believe, let's see, I've observed the effect the body has on the breath. Mm-hmm. But I can't say that I've, I've, ex- I've experienced, maybe it's a matter of perspective or belief or whatever it is, I can't say I've experienced the effect the breath has on the body. Does that mean that you've concluded it doesn't have an effect no, on it? No, no. Okay. I'm still looking. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah. but I, I suspect that every time I see the relationship yeah, it's the other way. the two, my perspective tells me, ah, the body has made the breath fine. Ah, yes. the body has made the breath slow. And I'm never explaining things by saying, oh, 
the breath is slow, therefore the body is something so. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Uh, it's a two-way street. Uh, let's say, think of it as a horse and a rider. Let's say if the horse is agitated, it's going to be harder for the rider, right? So let's say the horse, horse calms down. Then the rider calms down. Oh, boy. And, and, but put it the other way around. Let's say the rider is very relaxed. A highly experienced rodeo rider. I don't know, whatever. The horse will tend to be more relaxed, whereas the rider is jumpy, the, then the horse is more likely to be jumpy. So you're right. And the, they condition each other. And, uh, but you see, here's what's most significant. Uh, we have more control over the breath in certain ways. And we can gain, by this practice, very easy control over the breath. Uh, and here's the basic formulation. I mean, perhaps you know it already. Uh, be particularly sensitive to notice long, fine breaths. Long, fine uh, soft, calm breaths, ease, easy breaths, because as the breath starts to do that, and it does that when you observe it, that is, as, as you watch the breath, is we're studying a law of nature for some reason, as we become very attentive to the breathing, one of the things that happens is, of course, thought doesn't agitate the breath anymore. If we're inattentive, thought is all over the place. Imagining this, worrying about that, planning this. And the breath is cramped by the power of thought, which is very powerful, and emotion. Okay, now as we become very concentrated, really anything, but now we're concentrating on, let's say, the, on the breath, we're not thinking. What tends to happen is the breath becomes, you know, the direction is very clear. Now, when that happens, the body follow suit. Again, uh, please be patient. There's no question that the relationship exists. But once you get a hold of it, which is another say, way of saying is once your samadhis become stronger, because this is all these, the first four are largely a samadhi practice. As, as we become more calm, uh, more steady, using the breath as the medium to develop that calmness and steadiness, we notice that, oh, I get it. See, we don't fully get it. That if, if I attend to the breath, it changes in a way that's beneficial. Now, you'll see it, it's also for the mind. But let, right now, let's limit it to just the contemplation of the body. Now, if, as we begin to see that, and you will see it eventually, then uh, we have a powerful tool to help with the, not only the health of the body, but let's say in sitting. One thing that happens as your concentration gets stronger, this has been experienced by many people. They may not have seen it when it happened or have a vocabulary that puts it this way. But as they pay attention to the breath, the breath becomes longer, more fine, etc. And then the body becomes, eases up, becomes much more relaxed, much more comfortable. And you find you can sit for very, very long periods of time. Now that's a natural outcome of all samadhi work as you calm down as the mind calms down, the body calms down. But here, if you, once you begin to see that, then you have a handle, an indirect way of regulating the body, not forcing the body. And once you recognize the association that the breath is a conditioner of the body, it tends to happen more often. The recognition makes it more explicit. It strengthens that linkage. Probably uh, learning theory, Skinner and people like that could explain this quite easily.
but it tends to be easier to have that relationship. Once you begin to spot the relationship, it becomes more accessible. And you can, at will, calm the breath, and as a result, calm the body. Now, this is just part of the work of samadhi bhavana, the development of calm and steadiness. Remember, that's a lot of what was being emphasized now. At first, the sign that samadhi is developing or shamatha, calmness, is developing is you have uh, a few moments here or there of, of stillness. Maybe it's three seconds or a second of suddenly calm. And then it becomes a little bit more. But as the practice develops, it is possible to enter into a state of calm at will. Each one of us has to find that out. It's not miraculous, it's a matter of practice. That means, you see, for example, if at the beginning uh, we're concentrating in order to attain concentration, and so there's a lot of effort and intentionality, but the, the time comes where you get concentration without concentrating. That, be, that is, uh, and especially as the mind starts to see the incredible um, resource that it has in paying attention to the breath. See, we don't realize what a valuable uh, resource is available to us. We're running around all over the place. We don't understand it literally right under our nose. Sorry, it's a bad one. <laughs> right under our nose is something extraordinarily valuable for us. And it's free. Okay, it's right there. Now, we're trying to improve our lives in this, that, and the other way. We don't understand we have an incredibly simple Again, not easy, but part of why it's not easy is we don't really value this. We don't understand what's available to us. Moreover, we don't understand the importance of caring for the heart. The heart here means the chitta. It's bigger than mind. It includes mind. We're caring for all kinds of things, but we're, it's sort of, we take for granted our mental functioning and emotional functioning, and then we try to live granted that. Whereas this is going much deeper. Once uh, as the mind becomes more calm, with every degree of calm, and remember, there's quite a gradation of it, with every degree of calm, there's a corresponding degree of happiness. It's not enlightenment. What we're talking about is something else that's uh, extremely important and helpful. So as there's more calm, there's more, there's more happiness. As you begin to see that, uh, there are self-destructive tendencies that we all have where even though we see it, we don't do it. People will report incredible things happening on retreats and then they don't practice. Even at the time of the Buddha, there are stories of monks who got to incredible calm and then would just stop practicing. Five, six, they go through this cycle five or six times so finally they understood that, oh, I get it. If I can remember to put my attention on the breathing, I become very, very calm. With the calmness comes uh, a degree of happiness that, that corresponds to that. And I think I'd rather be happy than miserable. I mean, really understanding that and doing something in the service of that. It's, taking, it's asking a lot. It's saying that, to some degree, our happiness is in our own hands. We have to take responsibility for that. And this is one, one medium, one way. And the more you can see the value of paying attention to the breath, and it's not just because I say so or the book says so, 
is that as you experience it, obviously you're going to want to do more of it. You'll run into obstacles, which say, why do you, the calaces will sweep in. Why do you want to do more of that? It just makes you peaceful, calm, and happy. Wouldn't you rather worry and, you know, have chronic introspection? Or warm up some old hurt that someone hurt you 20 years ago, warm it up, feed it to the mind, see if the mind will go for it? It does. So it takes a while to fully appreciate the utter simplicity of what's available. And in this case, simple is powerful. So it's worth, you know, I understand it's more obvious the body affects it. It's because the body is more coarse, so you can tell. Now, you have to tell me what you mean by that. When I try to have my uh, awareness of the body sitting, mm-hmm. the sensation of the body sitting, I find it sort of locates in sort of half the body. What locates in half the body? The awareness. I'll sort of be aware of sensations mm-hmm. below the waist, and then I'll sort of want, the whole, want it to be the whole body, and then I'll jump up, and for then it'll sort of move around. I think you're getting a little ahead of us. In other words, we haven't gone that far yet. Words, um, is that your understanding? There is, we're work, still working with the whole breath, and it's clear this contemplation is about the whole body, and we're going to move into that a little bit much more tonight. Yeah, you just recommend that I do that. For you personally. Okay, but what's the question about the breath? Okay, can we talk about that afterwards then? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all right. Yeah. Anyone learn anything about the breath? Yeah, Paul. You mentioned not to try to direct the breath. Yes. In different areas, but it just seems naturally that it feels like the breath is going there anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's more and more you're going to see that. Now, what I meant was, let's say. Uh, when it was suggested to bring awareness to the right side of the abdomen. What I meant was, it's not that you're trying to bring breath there, it's sort of like you very softly tiptoe into the right side of the abdomen and you wait, you situate yourself there, and then you see if you feel any breath sensations or not. We're not trying to program or push the breath around, we're trying to slip in and feel it if it's there, if we can feel it. We're we're trying to affect it be as delicate as possible, and then if we feel it, we do. But sometimes uh, what you're saying is it just, it goes there. Yeah. And then the next meditation that we'll do, which is going to be a longer one, we're going to need, I don't know how long, maybe an hour. We'll finish. We're going to go through the whole body. We're going to be beginning to move in that direction. And there you'll uh, see an interesting thing, at least sometimes, and more and more as you go on. As you bring awareness to a part of the body, you'll feel like that part of the body is breathing. And, you know, so that uh, more and more we'll see uh, something like that. You start to feel the sensations uh, in, in the oddest places. Where, where did you feel it, Tiny? Oh, look, you know, when you're talking about moving, moving uh, the awareness to the back, the whole lower area, mm-hmm. the stomach, down the end of the spine, mm-hmm. I felt like that whole area was breathing. Right. Okay, what, uh, then just really feel that. Now, on your own, you have more freedom than when it's being guided. 
when it's so alive and that part of the body is becoming really transparent, stay there for a while. You know, and try to have a, a much more comprehensive uh, practice, a more slightly more comprehensive awareness than we're used to, which is more a pinpointing kind of attention, which is also important. You know, just focus in on the nostrils or the abdomen, whatever. Uh, try to feel that fullness of the sensations because what happens over a period of time is it can spread. That is, uh, let me, I may as well say, well, I want to make sure that, that any questions are cleared away. And then I'd like to lay the, lay the groundwork uh, for a later contemplation that we're going to do. I'll do it at some point tonight. Anyone learn anything about the breath? Since the whole thing has begun, have you learned anything? We're, we're trying to, to develop more sensitivity to the ways of the breath. Anyone learned anything about the breath? Nothing is too trivial. When you say less awareness of the body, what do you mean? The body just, there wasn't, there was just a lightness, and then in contrast with it, when breath changed and became more contracted, um, the awareness of my body became very heavy, and there, there was uh, the awareness of suffering, and in the contrast, there was the joy that arose with the lightness of the breath and the lightness of the body, in contrast to the heaviness and Exactly. Hey, you're learning about the laws of nature. If I could interpret what I heard you say, and if I'm not being accurate, correct me. Um, however, the breath got to be light. It did, and the body followed suit. But then something switched it. Was it a thought? Right. Okay, so you're seeing what this third contemplation is designed to help us see, the relationship between the breath and the body, particularly the breath as a conditioner of the body. But when you see it the other way around, that's fine too. We're learning. See, it's all, um, this whole contemplation is the contemplation of the body. The breath is part of the body. So when we say fully aware of the body, it, we include the breath. Because the breath is, is uh, in this sense, part of the body. But there's the, the breath body and the flesh body. And what we're seeing is that whole interrelationship. Now this is all straight Satipatthana Sutta, which is sort of the, the Bible of Vipassana. That's the, the key sutra. These two. If you know Anapanasati and the Satipatthana Sutra, and they're very good to read together, uh, that's where all the meditation comes from. Those two sutras have all the, it's like they're, they're the yogic manuals on, on how to practice meditation. Different teachers have de- taken different pieces and used them in different ways. But the first, it starts with the body. We contemplate the body, then we move to feelings. Then we go to the mind itself and then mind objects. Anyone else learn anything about this relationship? Yes.
followed a lot more easily. Mm-hmm. In that sense, I felt like more aware of my body. Uh, as the breath became smoother, you were more aware of the breath? I could actually follow it. Yes. I understand, I remember, so that you were actually able to follow the breath. Okay, now, and what happened as a result? More of the body became apparent? Yes. Right. Exactly. The more you become aware of the breath, the more everything is, is going to light up. The, the, uh, in, you can come to this in other ways, but uh, this is a more systematic way to help that happen. Uh, the body becomes transparent. It's just you just feel thoroughly alive. Anyone else? I'm really interested. Yes. I've started to have happen to me in my daily practice something that only used to happen on retreats before, and I think it's from doing this practice, which is having the feeling that it's not exactly as if the body becomes transparent. It's almost as feels as if it disappears and they're just isolated sensations floating as if they're just floating out there without a body holding them on. Okay, now is this during sitting or is it in daily life? Yes. Oh yeah, there are times where you have to take a look. You know, it's, it, uh, it's, uh, it's like there's just a cushion sitting and there's no body on it. Do you know what I mean? Right. Sometimes you have to open your eyes and peek. Oh, no, I'm still here. Or it's still here. Um, yeah, and it's familiar to you. Did you get frightened or anything of that sort? No. Has uh, dwelling on the tummy and then the chest and then the nose area, has that helped at all with following the breath? If it hasn't, tell me. If it has, tell me. I, I'm really trying to find out. This is not a time to go into deep silence. It's time to communicate. Yeah. I think it's a little harder, but that makes me pay attention more. It just seems like there's more area that I've set myself to watch mm-hmm. than there was before. Okay, that's the point of it. Um, so it's harder, um, but that's okay. What we're doing is opening the body up, and we're just doing it. Remember, I mentioned it's the Humpty Dumpty approach. Okay, let me uh, put this in perspective. Best thing is to just go back to the Buddha. It's very clear. This is the third contemplation. I'm breathing in and I'm aware of my whole body. I'm breathing out and I'm aware of my whole body. That's one translation. It could be I'm breathing in uh, and being sensitive to the entirety of the body, etc. Now, if you read uh, the suttas, and I've checked, I've done a fair amount of reading of the Buddha's original sermons, and I've checked with people who've done a lot more reading than I have, and we all conclude the same thing. There's no place at all, anywhere, whatsoever, that the Buddha specifies what that means. He's not saying, put the breath at the nostrils, put the breath at the tummy. That all came much later, hundreds of years later, in some cases thousand, a thousand years or more later. Now, the things that I'm uh, showing you, 
let's say, going through the whole... The Buddha doesn't say that. There, there are different, uh, in a sense, kinds of training that have been evolved over the years by different teachers. Because how do you come to be aware of the whole body? That is, fine, let's assume that we, we recognize that this third contemplation has to do with being fully aware of a breathing body or of the whole body. If you just want to say whole body, it includes the breath because breath is part of the body. How do you do that? And so there have been different ways to approach it. And I haven't, there are many ways, and I'm just including a few. Uh, for those who become more interested, I can point out other ways. I've just made a few choices from different teachers that I've worked with. And you'll see, we'll do one again tonight, but somewhat different. And there are all ways coming at it from different directions. This is a kind of training. Eventually, you'll probably shed most of it. You won't use a lot of what you're learning in this. It's sort of like any kind of training. You're using it to get more simple. So we're doing coming at the breath from this way and from that way and over it and under it and from the sides. But eventually, you're going to come back to where you started, just very simply paying attention to the breath. Now, one view, and it's one that I happen to share, is that probably what happened is that the reason the Buddha didn't specify where you're supposed to pay attention to the breath is that he didn't feel it was necessary. He was just saying, just be aware of your breathing. That is, because once you do it for a while, however you do it, the breath starts to become much more accessible. Now, I also think at that time period, uh, I think the people he was talking to, it w- that it was easier for them. I think for many reasons, which is not necessary to speculate about. But just you can infer it from just the way he's talking to them. He's talking to people who are, just to give you a little bit of sense of what I mean so you don't, uh, aren't puzzled, at a time when the spiritual dimension was the key thing in the society. In other words, India was perhaps the most spiritual society we've ever known. The way we get excited about money, they were excited about spirituality and liberation. I mean, that was the main thing. The values were totally topsy-turvy, or now it's topsy-turvy depending on what you value. And so he's talking to people who are, they don't need to be convinced about Dharma or any of this kind. Now, we're really different. I don't know how much the Dharma has even really begun in this country. No matter how much we use the language or use Buddha or have statues of the Buddha, uh, so much of our preoccupations really aren't about this yet. It's okay. We have to go at our own pace and we've got to clear away what has to be cleared away. So the terms like letting go and impermanence and no self are very exciting to us, much more exciting than a lot of other things which we prefer. Right now, I'm afraid they aren't. I'm not afraid they aren't. You know, it's, they aren't. And so I think it's a different time period. I think here there's a struggle to even put spirituality on the map. You know, just kind of stick our heads into it and say, this is a worthwhile thing to do. And there's a lot of doubt, even among us, those of us who are the least doubting, who have a lot of faith, our conviction isn't all that strong. Fortunately, the whole method is premised on experience so that it's not fatal, that as we practice, our conviction can grow. It also may be on a physical level, and this I'm concluding based on some things that I know about Hatha Yoga, that at the same time period, uh, Hatha Yoga is not used in a remedial way, the way it's used now, but people's overall level of health was very, very different. Or the people who were doing spiritual practice uh, were in a different state of health, maybe from natural diet, air, water, uh, just walking all the time quite naturally. I don't know, really. 
but now a lot of hatha yoga is remedial. It's just trying to bring the body up to just a reasonable state of health, rather than beginning with some health that's uh, taken for granted and then going to a super state of health. You might say that this is similar on the mental level. I don't know. But at any rate, so all of the things, there have been many experiments over the centuries. I'm not discrediting what other teachers have added to what the Buddha said. Not at all. Because I've tried a lot of them, and they work. Now, often, if you read the literature, and I'm sparing you this, you know, there are arguments between which one is better and this one is... Uh, they all work, that i found. They're all useful, and they're all limited. Like any technique, it's limited. It has to be. It's, it's all right. So, we're doing certain things. We're kind of edging our way this way, that way. Don't get too preoccupied about the differences, because there may be a few more. The main thing is we're trying to... Uh, make the mind so sensitive, the awareness more sensitive, so that, in a sense, you fill up the body with awareness and it feels the breathing happening. It takes practice. Now, if you're doing that, it's another way of talking about an extremely calm breath and body, and which is another way of saying that samadhi is really off and running. It's getting going. The, the calming process is really uh, launched. And so that's what we're beginning. That's what we're doing. We don't have to go through all these 16 steps. But what it is, is the Buddha's left us a training program, which is, if you're willing, and it takes patience, as perhaps you know, to kind of very slowly move each one is slightly different than the one before it. And then perhaps you won't know the value of it until the whole thing's over. At which point, um, in a certain way, there's a certain kind of fun that isn't permitted right now where you can be much more creative and flexible and uh, honor your own individual nature more. Right now, we're kind of restricted by the way the sutra is laid out and by my attempting to really, to the best of my ability, maintain fidelity to, to my understanding of it. Okay. Um, yes? But now, do you mean that you didn't get lost, or do you mean that you examined the mind state with the aid of the breath? Do you see the difference of what I'm saying? Okay, you're getting ahead of us. That's fine. I mean, I know that uh, we, you know, we can't cut it off. You're a full person. That's actually a specific contemplation, uh, directly examining the mind while breathing in and breathing out. So you you're st- perhaps have stumbled upon that. I was really paying attention. I was very focused. 
became very jarred by that and was really wondering whether I thought I was paying attention and I was actually spacing out. Not necessarily. Or, and that's why I told you the other two things, because it felt like I was, those could only happen if I were more grounded in my body. Okay, don't, don't spend too much time thinking about it, but you, you can get into a very concentrated state where you feel as if you're the leaning tower of Pisa. You know, and you open your eyes, I mean, and you look and you're straight. If you, or the other way around. You feel that you're totally straight. And you open your eyes and you're all over like, and you, you're like that. So that your sense of how, you, how it is and how the literal physical body is can be quite at odds. It's not a problem. Okay, we have a lot more to do. I'm going to have. Uh, this is, I'm sorry, it's another week. We won't have time for the walking meditation, but I want to do a, another um, guided meditation, moving much more than we have in the direction of the whole body awareness, and we need a fair amount of time for it. So, um, I had wanted for us to walk a bit, but I think what we'll have to do is stand. I just want one quick thing before we do that. Is anyone using the breath in daily life in any way whatsoever to help them? Or are you limiting it? Yes. Can you just tell me how? And if it's been of any help? I try to be aware of my breath all the time. Good. And I find that the more I'm aware of my breath, the better quality my breath is in terms of sweetness and mm-hmm. the better, the more alert I am. That's it. I'm that's it. In other words, that's exactly what it's about. Good. I mean, and you have you really seen that for yourself? Does it give you encouragement to proceed? You know, keep at it. Yeah. Now, it, remember also that, okay, skip it. I don't want to under, it takes a while to find out. Eventually, see, there's no technique for everyone. And some of you may find out, it's very interesting, Larry made a good case for it, and the Buddha, 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 but, uh, I just don't want to follow my breath that way. And they're like, fine. I'd rather make mental notes. Fine. Whatever works. Because it is good for some people, not for others. But here's the, and this is, of course, the rub in all this practice. Unless you do it with some, to some, with some substantial amount of uh, surrender to it, uh, you can't really find out. That's why some people are not giving any technique its fullest, and they keep hopping from one technique to the other. The other, I'm really a searcher. Well, you know, it's very, uh, wisdom can help you know whether you're just, it's just the restless mind not wanting to go deeply into anything, just kind of water bug mind. Or there are many techniques that aren't suitable for your nature. For all we know most, fine. But how can you find out if it's not suitable or if you're just skitterish? You have to pay attention. After a while, you'll you'll really see. And if it, it isn't for you, then drop it, even if everyone in the room is saying how wonderful it is. There's nothing, there isn't any, and this included. But you won't find out unless you give it a, uh, unless you really uh, apply right effort to it. Anyone else using the breath in daily life, Andrew? myself um, that way, lifting something heavy, um, 
takes on a, a deepness and a force. Um, it sort of does it of its own. And, and it has to do with the breath condition in the body, I think. That's right. Versa. Um, but I found it <coughs> helpful. It's easier to pay attention to the breath sometimes when it's very forceful like that. It's a more tangible object. And in doing those kinds of activities, like moving something heavy from one side of a room to another, um, sometimes the, the breath will be brought to my attention because it's, it's more forceful. And then I found that it, it can help me to execute the particular activity with more grace and with more awareness, um, keeping the breath in mind as I, as I move. Um, Oftentimes, uh, when I'm in that, when I've been in that situation, it can be a <coughs> cause for stress, having to struggle with something uh, because I'm not up to moving it, or it's awkward, or it's just a difficult operation. But there's something about uh, maintaining some thread of awareness of the breath that makes something, an activity like that, go a little bit more smoothly. Okay, now, um, what I hear you saying is that you've devised your own skillful means of working with this. That is, in your case, because of you know, all kinds of conditions, including your work, let's say especially your work, that a certain kind of breath is really prominent, so it, you know, it's easy to grasp it and to know it's there. And so from that, let's say those situations, which are going to be much more apparent to you, uh, that can spread so that you'll be able to stay in touch with the breath when it's not as uh, palpable, not as accessible. Feel the breath at the nostrils in a broad and open way. At this point, it doesn't have to be pinpointed, just wherever you're feeling the breath. It may be at the upper lip or in the nostrils itself. And I know some of you are abdomen people and some are chest people, but let's all stay at the nose throughout this guided meditation. What will be developing in this meditation? Is a bit more sensitivity 
to the whole body. It's a body scan. Some of you have done a different version of it, called sweeping. But in this case, as we sweep through the body, starting from the top of the head, and moving down through the body, it'll be accompanied by the in-breath and the out-breath. And as we make this journey, the focus will always be on a particular part of the body. For example, you might want to start right now with the top of the head say the left side, divide it in two, and just take the left side of the top of the head. And so our primary focus of attention is there. Just feeling whatever we're feeling. This is a kind of a, uh, we're touring through the body. Developing awareness of the body. That's what this part of the sutra is about. But, while you're with the top of the head in the left part, you're fully in touch with breathing in and breathing out. Now, until you get the hang of this, it can feel awkward, like you're trying to do two different things at the same time, disjointed. But gradually, a more comprehensive kind of awareness develops, which enables you to be with a part of the body while breathing in and breathing out. Now, on your own time, I would spend more time than we have this evening with just the breath just calming down, just being at the nose and feeling the in-breath and the out-breath. And when you feel, you know, 10 or 15 minutes, whatever. And then move to the top of the head while breathing in and breathing out. We've been on the left side of the top of the head. Feeling whatever is there, not striving to feel anything, but just being available. And now moving over to the right side of the top of the head, just into what we sometimes call the scalp. Without losing touch with the in-breath and the out-breath. Coming down now into the forehead, that part of the body which we call forehead.
and being aware of whatever's there. And this mindfulness is with the breathing in and the breathing out. You don't have to hold yourself to a very precise noticing of the in-breath and the out-breath, but clearly be in touch with it. Moving now from the forehead into the right eye, the whole region of the right eye, including the eyebrow. while breathing in and breathing out. over to the left eye now, the region of the left eye, while being in touch with the breath. Fix your attention on the eye, softly. and know that you're breathing in, and know that you're breathing out. Moving on now to the nose, there of course it's almost the same thing, being aware of the the nose while aware of the breath touching the nose.
guiding our attention now from the nose to the whole area of the right cheek and right jaw. Being sensitive to whatever sensations might appear there. And all the while knowing that we're breathing as well. moving into the left cheek and the left jaw. If you're not experiencing any sensations, it's all right. Eventually you will, as you get more comfortable at focusing attention on a part of the body while being mindful of the in-breath and the out-breath. Moving into the mouth, the lips, the mouth, that general region. and the chin.
making our way into the right ear while breathing in, while breathing out. and on into the left ear without losing touch with the breath. coming around to the whole back of the head. Feeling whatever is there. And breathing. And now put all the pieces together, become aware of the entire head, as best you can, a a more of a comprehensive kind of attention, an overall sense of the whole head, face, etc., an overall sense, while breathing. Letting go of this sense of the whole head and moving into the throat. 
being in touch with the in-breath and the out-breath as we do this. in the back of the neck. Feel the whole neck and the back of the neck of the throat as one. Moving down now into the left shoulder. Fixing attention at what we refer to as the left shoulder, all the while knowing that we're breathing. while maintaining contact with the breath, 
moving into the upper arm, the left upper arm. And knowing the left upper arm as it is. on into the elbow, the left forearm while breathing in, while breathing out. to the wrist, And without losing touch with the breathing, moving into the left thumb, and then at your own pace, giving a few moments to each finger, and not forgetting to stay in touch with the breath. in an open, broad way at the nose.
finishing up the fingers if you haven't already. Coming into the palm of the hand. back of the hand, and now while breathing in and breathing out, experience the hand as a whole. extend that to include what we've already covered, the hand all the way up into, including the shoulder, the forearm, the elbow, the upper arm, the shoulder, and experiencing that as a, an entity, as a unit, from the shoulder down to the, to the fingers, while breathing in, while breathing out. effort being balanced, not straining to grasp at the nose or straining to grasp at the whole arm, just a broad open awareness with keen interest if possible. and guiding our mindfulness now into the right shoulder. upper arm, elbow, 
all while breathing in and breathing out, knowingly. Mindfulness stationed at the nose, the area of the nose tip. As we move into the wrist and the hand, as we did before, doing it each finger at a time, front and back of the hand. And put the whole hand and arm together, a more global kind of attention, more comprehensive. While breathing in, while breathing out. We won't have time to finish, to complete the whole body, but I think you get the general picture 
on your own at home. You can work with the chest. Please keep meditating while I'm talking. If you like, begin to look at the chest. Work with the front part of the body, the chest and the stomach, and then take the back, moving down into the lower back. You can do the spine separately, and so forth. And at the end of what seems to be a unit, then put it all together. Feel the whole torso. And do the same with the lower part of the body. Moving through the leg into the foot, and feeling it all. And the timing will have to do with how much time you have available. Some of you may want to go even more slowly than I have, or not spend as much time, just more skip through the body, all the while breathing in and breathing out. And when you finish, as you move from the head to the feet, allow yourself just a few moments at the end of the sitting to just feel the whole body sitting and breathing. Just feeling the breath wherever you feel it, being aware of the body in a panoramic way. Just focusing in on the sitting, the whole body, not the idea of sitting, but just the way it feels, just what's there. And include the in-breath and the out-breath as you do that. Know that you're breathing in. Know that you're breathing out. And on your own, you may stop at a particular part of the body. Perhaps as a part of the body is in physical pain. You may decide to just spend a bit more time there. Investigate the physical discomfort while breathing in, while breathing out. Personally, I found it helpful as a way of practicing while going to sleep. Not in quite a slow way, much more quickly. When I go to sleep sometimes, I'll start from the head, and it's advisable to start there, and just move through the body, from the head down to the feet while breathing in and breathing out, perhaps a few times. And then sometimes in the morning when I wake up, I'll reverse it. I'll start with the feet, and moving awareness up through the body, from the feet upwards to the head, and all the while staying in touch with the breath. And allow just a few moments right now, when you finish that, to see if you can't gain a sense of a breathing, sitting body.
Any questions? We have a few moments. If there's any problems, because I'd like you to devote at least one sitting a day to this sweeping. And you'll soon become innovative. Use your own ingenuity. But the basic idea, I hope, is clear. Anyone feel awkward about being both with the breath at the nose and being with parts of the body? Be surprised if you didn't, at least sometimes. Anyone have anything to say or any questions? Anything to report about? Yes, Greg. Uh, my, uh, my leg kind of went to sleep and then it came back and it was kind of painful, so I just left the body part I was with and went, went to that and then went back. And I think it was, was probably the right thing to do. I absolve you of all sin. Part of what we're doing here is helping to make the body more transparent. Yes? Sorry, I found that um, as I was going through the body parts, that my body was, you know, my body is really tense right now. Mm-hmm. It's not soft and, and gentle. How's your breath? Um, short. Yeah. See, it's good to jump back the other way, too, just to, that as you can get to know the breath the other way. You see your body is a certain way, and sometimes just pause for a second. Hmm. What kind of breath is here with this? Or you have an emotional state. Hmm. How's the breath now? You'll get to see that. Okay. What, what is your question? Or is it just, just a comment? Well, I guess what I, I, it's a comment that, you know, it, it, was an unco- it was an awkward kind of experience for me because I'm, I'm used to watching the breath go through my whole body. And yeah, I understand. And it's very, very relaxed. But I guess Okay, but you see now on your own, it may be that you've now formed an attachment to this traveling through the body, mm-hmm. right? Because you liked it, right? right. It sounds like you liked it, yeah, right? So th- that's why uh, I told you that before this is over, we're going to pick up things and put them down. So many times, you may curse the day you took this, but <laughs> but in some way, it's good training. And when it's over, you can come back to your little snug little technique. Of course, you can do it even now, but just set aside at least one sitting a day uh, so that we can all move along together. Mm-hmm. But so um, this was not quite what, uh, as congenial, let's say, as the way you've been practicing. No, and so, it, uh, it was very unfamiliar to me. I've, I've followed you all along, and I've you know, been very flexible. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to stretch a bit. Mm-hmm. But now uh, what you do on your own, if that comes up, is investigate. Drop the breath for a few moments and investigate the resistance. Mm-hmm. Now if you want to stay in the spirit of Anapanasati, then let's say you're feeling, I don't want to do this, I really like that, going from the nose to the tummy and back, and why do you have to change? While you're investigating either the body that's, that's showing its resistance, or the contents of the mind, see if you can stay in touch with the breath. But if that's asking too much... I was with the breath. Uh, you know, I, I followed the breath. I just observed when I, that part of my body is tight. Right. That's all. We're just seeing what's there. Right. It's, it's all. Rosemary, if I could add something. This is getting ahead of ourselves. When we'll get into, uh, not too far along, but uh, a few more contemplations from where we are. 
let's say you did what you did with the concert part of what your comment was, and that aroused a lot of strong feelings. You were listening to pure sound while breathing, and that aroused a lot of pure feelings. Uh, just to give you a kind of a, a foretaste of what of ways of working. At that point, it could be useful to switch. Don't do it now, but you know, well, if it was that strong, it might have been useful to switch to feeling as a contemplation. That's the second, um, you know, of this in the Satipatthana, while staying in touch with the in-breath and the out-breath. It's, you flip it around, and just because it aroused a lot of emotion in you. And if you want to keep meditating, rather than just being caught in emotion, you then would be, could be useful, and, and when we get to it, we'll do it, we'll practice that. You would then examine pleasant or unpleasant or neutral feelings while breathing in and breathing out. I say it just so you can uh, get a sense of uh, the practice is starting to, starting to broaden itself a bit. Uh, and we haven't even gotten to, let's say, uh, wisdom yet. But we're preparing ourselves to do that. Now, as you move along, you can't help but learn certain things. So, I mean, wisdom is possible at any moment, no matter what you call what you're doing. Okay, please try to do... Don't try. Please devote one sitting a day to what we're doing. Otherwise, you won't really have a sense of whether... Uh, this is of any value for you. Try to, to do this body scan with the breath once a day. If you want to do it more often than that, that's fine. And, you know, find ways, use your own ingenuity to tailor it. But as you can see, you get a sense of, of the direction we're going in. We're trying to become aware of the whole body and the breath and so that they fuse, so that it becomes a one, so that the mind, the body, and the breath are all one. Yes? You were moving your body? Pardon? You were moving your body? No, I wasn't moving my body. I was sort of... Oh, I understand. Breathing, relaxation. No, this is different. And I was wondering if that was not a good thing to do, or just simply watch the It's a good thing to do, it's just not what we're doing. This gets, perhaps this gets to a little bit about what Tiny was saying. Maybe it's the same thing. Um, what we're attempting to do is to not to send the breath in. There, for some of you who are not aware of this, there are four ways of practicing yoga where you, let's say, send the breath with your mind, as you direct your, the breath into a part of the body that's tense. Is that, is that correct? I mean, it's one way, and it's useful. So I'm not saying there's nothing. That's not a good thing to do. It is a good thing to do. But what we need is something else. It's not. It's not not the practice of directing and manipulating and trying to get a result so much as send your awareness very softly, ease into the part of the body, the shoulder, and then just feel what's there. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.